you'll bow with me. Father, come at this time to deliver the message. And Lord, I pray, as I prayed for Gary, Lord, that you empty me out of the way and that you're the voice is, it's my voice, but that your, your spirit would guide each of the words that are said and that they would land in the place they need to land in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I don't even know if I introduced myself. My name's Mike Devine. <laughs> I'm the pastor here at Arbor Point Church, and I'd like to welcome you this morning um, in the name of the Lord. In, in your bulletin, you will see an insert, and on one side, you'll, I believe it will be about Jingle Jam. On the other side will be our scripture passage for today, which I am not going to read to you since it's verses 1 through 18 of <laughs> Matthew chapter 6. We're going to cover some ground. We've been doing that um, lately. The great part about today is that we're beginning to move into a new realm, a new area in our, in our journey together in the series you have heard it said. We're going to be looking at Christian faith and our lives. See, Jesus didn't just tell us, hey, you need to do all this. He then gave us tools and some things to, to go to help us to move forward into this life that he has described. And today we're going to look at several of those. Now, I'm going to spend most of my time this morning on prayer. But there's a, I don't want to miss that Jesus is pointing us to what is our motivation. We need to know our motivation in our relationship with God. The first part of our passage, he compares those who make a show of their faith with those who don't. The Pharisees would, in the they they would make a show of look at how look at how faithful I am and that kind of thing, and Jesus is really clear that that uh, if if our motivation is hey look at look at how faithful I am that, that we're off target, you know because they were off target as well. We're to follow the way because it's the truth and the way of Christ and the way of the cross, not because we might gain notice from others or or notoriety. When the interesting thing, though, is when we let our light shine, like we've been talking about letting our light shine, it's so that people can see God in us. We don't have to make a show of it. If we're living a faithful life, it's noticeable. And that's what we're called to. If we live that way, it's different. So we don't have to make a lot of, hey, look at me's to, to show our faith. We just live in a way that that shines the light of God to others, and our actions matter in doing that. You know, Jesus is calling us, we talked last week about, he's calling us further and further and deeper and deeper into relationship with him. He wants us to get to know him. He wants to be an integral part of our journey together, and, and he's calling us to that. And this morning, we're going to look at one of the best ways that we can pull that off. Now, Larry Lee is a, an old-time pastor. This is probably back in the 1980s. He wrote a book that was called uh, Could You Not Tarry One Hour? And the focus of that book was on in the garden when the, dis when the, the disciples kept falling asleep, right, because they couldn't stay awake just for that. Well, could you not tarry one hour with me in prayer? And so what he did was he broke down the Lord's Prayer as a pattern. You often hear me say, the Lord's Prayer is more than just words. It's a pattern of prayer. It's a way for us to pray to God. And this morning, we're going to walk through that pattern of prayer rather than just say the prayer itself. There was a period of time in my life when I used to meet with these guys. And those of you who, who know, uh, who, who don't know, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict and uh, my deal was I would go to church and I would get better for a while and then I'd try to do it perfect and I'd relapse and I'd leave the church and I'd go try another church. That's why I'm a Catholic Baptist Pentecostalist. <laughs> so 
I bounced through a lot of different churches because, you know, I knew God was part of the solution. I was trying to figure out which group that he hung out with. <laughs> I didn't know at that point that at least I didn't get wrap my mind around. He's actually hanging out in all those groups, <laughs> you know, that the issue was more mine. And so I had to learn some things. I had to learn some, some disciplines. But uh, during uh, one of my forays into, into church, this was at uh, a Calvary Chapel Church in California. Um, we were going through this book, and we would pray. I met with these two guys, and we would pray on weekdays after work for one hour. Uh, every day after work, we'd come together, and we'd use this pattern of prayer to pray together for an hour. And I grew in leaps and bounds during that time, as you would expect, um, but I still didn't understand grace, and so I did my usual, and I left once I messed up and had to leave and go try something different, you know, um, but the pattern of prayer stayed with me, and it sti stays with me today because of, of what it is. And so we're going to start with Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Think about that. Let's just take a minute to think about just that first part of that sentence, right? Our Father. Our Father. Our Father, the creator of everything, is our Father. How can that even be? I'm not that significant that the creator of everything should even care about me. And yet, he lets us come to him as our Father who art in heaven. And so to even to begin with the level of that, you know, Corey did a great job of when we, we know the voice of our parents, right? Well, God is our parent. So when we spend time, we're going to get to know his voice and that still small voice, he's gonna, it has power behind it. When we lift up the name of Jesus, and we think about who he is and what he has done for me as the beginning of this prayer that we're praying. Lord, you are my father. You love me in ways that are beyond anything that I can understand. You, went, you sent Jesus who went to the cross for me, who died for me. Hallowed be thy name. What does hallowed mean? Do you think? Set apart. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Trunk or treating. Yeah? Halloweening. That's beautiful. <laughs> You're right. But it does. It means to be set apart. It means to be made holy. It's uh, to honor, to remember and honor, to adore, to worship, to hallow, to exalt, to lift high. So we want to hallow God's name. And, and Reverend Lee put together, there's, there's these five benefits in the new covenant um, because we have sin in the world and there's a benefit of prayer against sin and a benefit for our spirit and soundness and success and security. All of these things are wrapped up in this first sentence of this prayer. 
and, and when we take the time to spend with it, it can transform us. We study scripture, by the way, for the benefit of ourselves and the encouragement of others. We study scripture so that we might learn and that God might use that in the, in the lives of others. So we s- it's an imp- imperative, to Rick's point, that we study scripture. And if we only do it on our own, we're not getting a broad enough understanding because God has many folks who have great wisdom and we need to engage with them. Hallowed be thy name. Now, I was going to do a slide that showed all the names of God. If you ever go Google the names of God, you're going to have hundreds of names of God. You know, in the, in the Old Testament where Moses said, who should I tell you that you are? He said, I am that I am. The better Hebrew translation, according to my Hebrew teacher, is I will be who I will be. And the names of God is all about that. God will meet us in places that we of our greatest need. And, that, and his names give us that. So when we're looking at, at sin, and I can't overcome sin, you know who my righteousness is? Is Jehovah Sidkenu. Sidkenu means r- the Lord my righteousness. So when I'm praying this prayer, hallowed be thy name, Lord, I'm struggling with this, and I need Jehovah Sidkenu in my life today. I need, I need you to help me to reach this level of righteousness. I need Jehovah Machadesh, the Lord who sanctifies, the Lord who sets me apart. Father, I need Jehovah Shalom, the one who brings peace, not just the peace that's the absence of conflict, but the peace that is the presence of the wholeness of the Holy Spirit in my life so that it doesn't matter what happens in my life. It doesn't matter what's going on. You're here with me. Father, I need you. I need Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Lord, as, as I cut wood yesterday and my muscles hurt, Lord, I need Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. I need your presence in my life. Jehovah Rohi, the shepherd who guides me. Jehovah Nisi, the banner that goes before me. I need you, Lord. I need all of your names. I need, I need El Shaddai. I need El Elyon, the, the mighty one. I need the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Shalsaboeth. I need you, Lord, in my life, and I need you to lead me. And the beauty of the names of God is that as you learn them and they become a part of you, When something comes up and you can name it, when I have an absent, when when, when I'm struggling and and, and my heart is discontent and I can go to Jehovah Shalom, he who is my peace, the Lord who is my peace. And I know that he's with me because he's been with me all along. He can bring me peace in the midst of the questions and the turmoils and and not knowing for sure because none of us know for sure. Right, Katie? We're going to wrestle forward. We're going to have faith, which will guide us. But he's given us these names, Jehovah Shema, the Lord who is there. You ever need God just to be there? I do. Yahweh Shema, the Lord who is there. Elohim. That's just a couple. You want to expand your prayer life? Begin to talk about the names of God. Adonai, Yahweh, Kana, the jealous one. uh, El Olam, the everlasting God. Hallowed be thy name. You know, I've talked to folks who there's no, I can't even pray for 10 minutes. I guarantee you what, you start doing this. (laughs) And more than that, you know anybody who needs Jehovah Rapha in their life? 
the Lord who heals. Pray, Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, I need the, Krista needs your presence today, not tomorrow, today with that brain tumor. Lord, we come against that in, in your name by the blood of Christ. Lord, we pray for healing in that place. And we know that, that it doesn't make sense to the world, but we're, we're a people who believe in miracles. And you're a miracle-working God. So, Lord, even in this morning, in this place, as a congregation, Lord, we lift Krista to you and ask for Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, to be there with her. There's a power in prayer that we don't often experience because we don't take the time. So that's the first line. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's next? Oh, you don't have to mumble. You said the prayer a lot. Say it. <laughs> Where? <laughs> That's right. So now we've got, got now we're going to pray for the kingdom, right? We're going to pray the kingdom into this place. We're going to pray the kingdom into my life. Lord, your kingdom come and, and, and your will be done. Not Mike's will, but your will be done on earth in this place. Lead me and guide me to the places that you would have me to go, that you would open the doors and give me the courage to be courageous enough to walk into that place. And Father, for my family, to my brother Dan, to my sister Berta, to Billy, to Kai, to Yumiko, to Hiroko, to Ritsuku, to all of my family, to Kit, to Joel, to Michelle, Aiden, and Mason. Lift up your family by name. Spend time in prayer for them. It will change your world and it will change their world. But it doesn't end there because we're talking about the kingdom coming here into our church too. Pray for your pastor. Please <laughs> pray for your pastor. Pray for your church. Pray, pray for the administrative council, even if you don't know who's on it. Just pray for the council. Pray for the band. Pray for the leaders in this place. Pray for the rest of the congregation that God's kingdom would be first and foremost, that we would seek first the kingdom of God. Then what happens? That's right. So seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things are added unto you. So that prayer is how we seek first the kingdom of God, so that God can give us the abundant life that we'll talk about here in a little bit when we talk about daily bread. Pray for your church. Pray for the faithfulness of the people. Pray for a harvest. Pray for a harvest. Our world is in such need of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he brings and the power of the gospel. Pray for a harvest. Pray, 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 pray. And then that's, so that's our church, and that's our family, and that's us. What about this nation of ours? Does it, do we need to pray, be praying for our nation? Yes. Find out who your local officials are. Did you know that when I met with Mayor Kennerly, the reason that she was wanting to meet with, with folks like us, that she was meeting with pastors, I'd reached out to her, and then, and then in our conversation, she was actually reaching out to pastors. She was asking pastors to please pray for this community. The mayor, that's Mayor Kennerly in Houston, asking for prayer so that we do the right thing according to God. Now, I can get behind a mayor like that, you know, so, and I don't know her, but I like that. That's <laughs> very cool. 
Pray for her. Pray for local officials wherever you are in, in the place that you live. Pray for our state officials. Pray for our national officials. Pray for this nation of ours all the way across that God's kingdom would come and pray again for a harvest because we need a harvest. We, you know, without the harvest, then we're not going to have the workers, and we need the workers so that we can have the bigger harvest so that we can then see that work into where we get more workers. And you know what happens when you get more workers? You get more harvest. And when you get more harvest, you know what happens? You get more workers. You know what happens when you get more workers? You get more harvest. Pray for this harvest. There's evil in this world, and the only, th- only thing I know to counteract that is the Spirit of God through Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God through Jesus Christ. So you're starting to get a picture of the, this pattern of prayer and what it can be. Off the top of your head, you're not going to remember everything, right? So I would encourage you, as you begin, if, if this is something that God lays on your heart and you begin this, you, you write things down. Write names down. Write the actual people who are in leadership that you're praying for down on a piece of paper so that you can regularly go through this. And that's the end of the prayer, right? No? Give us this day our daily bread. So, so, so now that we have asked the Lord's name into all of these, uh, these, these areas of our life and we've, and, and we're, we've prayed that God's kingdom come as, as on earth as it is in heaven, then we, God doesn't just leave it there, right? He says, it's okay to pray for your, your, your own daily bread and your own ability to succeed. John Wesley is still the best that I've ever heard about money. Make all you can. You like that? Save all you can. Pretty cool. Why? So you can give all you can. Give to the work of God in this world. That's powerful, and that's what we're called to do. So, so that's what, you know, give us today our daily bread. Pray for God's provision. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. See, God wraps all this together if we're willing to go where, it, where he's sending us. Pray for God's provision so that your day can be victorious. Believe that it's God's will to ha- for you to have an abundant life. Now, I don't mean rich. Might be, but most of the abundant lives that I know are in relationship and in 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 uh, in self set the ability to to get through stuff and and to have the kind of friendships that that carry us forward even when we don't know what to do because there's times when we just don't be specific be specific be specific be tenacious there's a story of of a widow who just kept going <laughs> to a judge to say to present her case and he w- didn't want did have anything to do with her? She, you know, she did. She just kept going, and she, she. And it's a confusing story in some ways because, does that mean that I'm going to get what, what I want if I keep going? I don't know, but she got what she was after. Be tenacious. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up. A lot of times, I've known people whose moms or grandmas prayed 20 plus years for their salvation before they saw it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep praying. Verse 12, forgive our, us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Ask God to forgive you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's out of 1 John 1, 9. He will do that in our life. When we confess our sin to him, he'll, he'll take those things away. Forgive and release others. And forgiveness is a big deal because it comes back in a couple of verses. Forgive and release others and work at forgiving those who sin against you because I know that's hard. I know that's hard, and I'll, and I'll touch on that here in a minute. Verse 13, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. And Mike, quote, Mike grabbed hold of this, of this scripture that's in Ephesians about the armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore... So Paul goes, when you see a therefore, you can look before. Well, that's the before. He's like, this is what you're facing, therefore do this. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, then he gives us again some tools. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. We are people of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because that covers our heart, keeps the enemy from getting into our heart. Because when the enemy gets in our hearts, it, he takes us down paths that we don't want to go down. Our feet are shod with, the, with peace. We are peacemakers and peace bringers. This world needs this right now with all the violence and stuff that's going on. It needs a church that is peace bringers and peacemakers. Take up the shield of faith. Because there are going to be things that are shot at you by the enemy. And the shield of faith, that's what puts out those fiery darts of the enemy. You need the shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. Remember that we are in eternity. When we say yes to Jesus, when does our eternity begin? Right there. So we're in eternity and we're living into, into eternity right now. Remember that. Protect your mind. The helmet of salvation. The enemy's going to try to convince you of a lot of things. He's wrong. You have an eternity before you. It's given through the blood of the cross. The sword of the Spirit, which is our one offensive and defensive weapon, which is the Word of God. Study, study, study. Pray a hedge of protection about yourself and your family. Could you not tarry? with me one hour doesn't end though for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you don't forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins ouch ouch see God is serious about this forgiveness thing very serious because it infects our own heart He's so serious about it that we will be forgiven as we forgive others. And that's a tough, tough thing. If you chew on that for a while, you know, you got, but wait a minute, I've I got a grudge that I really like, and, and it's well-earned. You know, they hurt me. It's not okay what they did. And the answer would be, yeah, it's probably not okay what they did, but the, the, the lack of forgiveness isn't hurting them at all. Pray for those who you need to forgive and those who you need to receive forgiveness from. My sponsor in early recovery put it really well for me. There's a step eight, which is make a list of all persons we have harmed and then 
and become willing to make amends to them all. And step nine was actually going and making those amends wh whenever possible, uh, unless it was going to hurt them or another. And so he had me make the list. And he, what he did was he said, make your list. Just make it. I know that you don't think you can do some of these. So I made the list. And then he said, order it like this. The ones that you're willing to make right now, the ones that you might be willing to make, and the ones that there's no way ever in the whole wide world ever you're ever going to make. And put those down at the bottom and then start praying about those that are down at the bottom. I, made the, I did the list because I started here and I began to see the power of forgiveness. And there's a power in forgiveness. So we need to learn how to forgive others. And it's not that it's going to be easy. And there's a saying out there which I, I really disagree with. <laughs> forgive and forget. Now, there are some, some pity, pity, little piddly stuff. Yeah, forgive and forget. You know, somebody didn't open a car door for you. I, you know. <laughs> some of us come out of significant abuse. Forgive and remember. Forgive and remember. Because you can, you can forgive people and let it go and still take yourself out of an abusive circumstance and situation. And we need to hear the message that, that that's okay. That's what you should do. We're not required to stay in abusive relationships all the time. Forgive and remember. But forgive because, you know, that's critical for our own journey. And the King James ends this prayer with, uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Which brings us back to adoration and lifting of, of God's name. So that was about as fast as I can go through <laughs> what this pattern of prayer is all about. If you take the time and let it resonate and spend time listening as well as the praying, it will impact you in, in powerful, powerful ways. And I, and I hope that you'll do that. I hope that you'll do that. And there's lots of resources out there to help with that. Look up the names of God. You'll be surprised how many there are. Um, the last part of this is about fasting. And um, I don't know why they call it fasting because time goes so slow. But let me close by saying this, because I, I know I, I, it's, it's um, the hour is getting late. Um, fasting has primarily been about food, right? So fasting of food, and when you the, the deal is with it is that when you choose to fast and you choose a time frame and, and you get into it, whenever you feel a hunger pang, you use that to draw you to God. So if I get hungry, I pray, I read scripture, I, I do some spiritual element to help me to remember that it's not about the food, it's about God. And you want to be drawn nearer to God, you know, do some fasting because you'll get hungry pretty quick. <laughs> you know, I, th I think it's just because of the knowledge of, you know, I'm fasting. Oh, no, I'm hungry. Um, so, so that's part of it. But some people, uh, health-wise, don't need to fast from food. But it doesn't mean you can't fast, especially in our age of social media. Try social fasting from, s if you're a social media person, try Fasting from social media with the same premise. Whenever I feel like going to Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is, um, I, I pray or, um, or, or I read or I do something that builds, builds me up. Fasting is a powerful way to do that. So there are all these tools that God gives us, Jesus gives us, in order to build that relationship with one, one another. He doesn't leave us with no way to be successful in this journey. I know it's, you know, the first period of time we we're talking about all <laughs> these things and it can be oh no there's no way well there is there is a way and it's through 
the teachings uh, of Christ and followed his word. Amen.